This is Cody Smith, and you're listening to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. I am super excited to bring you this interview today. I had an opportunity to sit down and to interview none other than Nick Shaw of Renaissance Periodization, and this was an amazing conversation. Uh, guys, he's got a book coming out um, that is called Fit for Success, and um, you know, towards the end, we get into talking about it a little bit, but really this entire show revolved around everything, right? Like we, we talked about his entire process of moving from you know, being a student in college and, and, and starting up RP, moving from being a one-on-one coach into, you know, their diet templates into their app, now into his book. And um, this was probably one of my favorite conversations that I've done in a long time. Nick is a super intuitive dude, very smart. Um, and, and the things that we talked about in this show, for really anybody who's into fitness, for any of the coaches out there, it's just gonna be super life bringing, something that's gonna get you to think about things just a little bit differently. Um, so uh, uh, go ahead and give him a follow. He is at nick.shaw.rp on Instagram. And um, make sure to follow him and, and let him know that you enjoyed the show. And then the next thing I need you to do is to go ahead and take a screenshot on your phone, post it on your Instagram story. And then again, just go ahead and tag us in it. He again is at nick.shaw.rp and I am at Cody, uh, Coach Cody Smith on Instagram. We always ask you guys to do that because it just we just want to know who we're reaching. We want to know who we are getting this information to because it's important for us to connect with you guys and to know that um, we're able to give you some, you know, some information and some education to move forward with. Um, again, super excited for you guys to listen to this interview. This is one of my favorites in a long time. Um, and then without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and get Nick on here and we will see you on the next episode. All right. Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. Today is an absolute honor. I have none other than uh, Nick Shaw on the show today. Um, you know, truth be told, Nick, I've followed you for a number of years, just like probably every other uh, show that you go on and everything from the RP book to the clients that you work with, the mass amounts of before and after pictures that you guys post has been uh, super inspiring for for me as I came up as a fitness entrepreneur and a gym owner and uh, nutrition coach. So it is an honor to have you on the show. Um, how are things going today? Well, first, thanks so much for having me on. Really appreciate it. It's always awesome to get on and chat. Um, yeah, it's going great. Awesome, man. So um, I, I, I'm sure there's like less than one percent of people that don't know who you are. But um, for sake of you know just doing things the traditional way, like what's your story? Sure. How did you get started? And uh, you know all the way up to where you are now. Sure, I'll give kind of the quick overview. Sure. I uh, just grew up always loving sports all throughout high school. Uh, I'm from Michigan, born and raised, went to school at University of Michigan, and I've just always been into fitness and lifting uh, at the weight room there in Michigan. My sophomore year, you know, I'm training. I look over and there's this, you know, sh- short, stocky guy. He's squatting, you know, 405, just perfect depth all the way down. Right. And this is unheard of in a college weight room. And so, you know how it goes. You see someone else in the gym, like you don't really know them, but they're doing something that's like sort of demands some respect. Sure. Kind of give them that, that head nod. You're like, you know, something like that. And um, so whatever, you know, I kept seeing them in the gym, got to chatting. Uh, long story short, that was when I met the co-founder of RP with me, Dr. Mike Isratel. He convinced me to join the powerlifting club that they had set up at Michigan, uh, convinced me to compete. I was hooked. 
I loved it, loved competing. So whatever, um, started training together a lot. It's kind of when we first started doing diet and training programs. Uh, it's funny to look back, this is probably 2007, just you know how different things were then compared to now. It's really funny to, to think about. Uh, anyways, you know, graduated when we both were personal trainers in New York City for a while. Uh, he went back to get his PhD in sport physiology. I stayed in New York City. Again, long story short, we were referring people back and forth. He was doing stuff online. I was doing stuff in person. We're like, hey, we should just start a company together. And that way we wouldn't have to constantly refer back and forth. It's just like it's under one, one umbrella. Sure. And so we did that. And that was truly the beginnings of RP. Just started working, writing programs for people online. Uh, this is, again, pretty early on, 2011, 2012, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, around the time that Facebook was, was still actually a good place to be. Um, now it's, you know, a little different, I suppose. And Instagram was just really kind of taken off. So it was really good timing and it just sort of all grew from there. So that's really the, the long story short. Yeah. Sure, sure. Uh, had, did you have, I'm curious, did you have a piloting experience prior to, you know, meeting Mike and getting into that or did you just kind of fall into it? Uh, a little bit in high school, just like, I didn't play football or anything like that. I was actually a runner and, but I loved lifting. I was like, you know, typical gym rat kind of meathead, always in the gym, always training. And we ran a bigger, faster, stronger program. So it was based around bench squat, deadlift. So yeah, I, you know, kind of knew what I was doing. Although I think we always use a trap bar to deadlift. So, you know, getting to Michigan and like learning how to really truly deadlift was a little different um, when I got going in that. But yeah, it was fun, man. Uh, I loved it. I was hooked. I always loved the idea that, you know, I can work really hard and based on that hard work, I'm going to get certain outcomes. If I keep putting more and more effort into it, well, you just keep getting better and better. So I was always just hooked by that whole idea and concept. Sure. Um, you know, as you guys, you know, I, I obviously I was in the, the training industry and just kind of watched you guys, obviously from the outside, like build your way up. Um, and, it, and it's pretty, I think I heard your story one time when you were kind of going into you and Mike starting this whole thing and how there never really was this like master plan to be like the, you know, most sought after company out there. Right. And, you know, you mentioned like Facebook and Instagram and I can think of so many times where, you know, you're mindlessly scrolling and liking and commenting at stuff, but, um, you know, you guys were everywhere from your before and after photos of people from you and Mike and videos or, or, you know, you guys lifting mass quantities of weights on a barbell. Like I, I can think of so many times to where like there was just this omnipresence of like you guys were everywhere all the time. Was that by design or was that just kind of like you guys are just like, hey, let's just post a whole bunch of stuff all the time? Well, it's probably a little bit of both, okay. I suppose. Uh, again, when we first started, we were just like, hey, let's let's have a good product and let's treat people well. And we'll get people results and they'll naturally want to talk about it and share with their friends. And so we did that a lot on Facebook and it seemed to work because, you know, if someone posts a before and after picture that people take notice, they're like, wow, that is, that's really something. And so a few people will reach out and sort of inquire like, Hey, like, what were you doing? Usually that person is so amped up because they got these really awesome results that they're more than willing to talk about you. And they're like, Hey, you know, that you should check out this awesome company, RP, uh, and then people are like, well, what is that? And, you know, so it would kind of lead to that. And it just sort of kept snowballing from there because, you know, you work with a couple of people and do a good job and all of a sudden it brings in a few more. And then you, know, you go from a handful to now you're 
10, 20, 50, all of a sudden to 100, to a couple hundred, to 500, to 1,000, and it just kind of keeps snowballing from there. Now, of course, you have to have like a good product that works and sure. treat people well so you have a good reputation. But, you know, if you do all those things, uh, the rest kind of take care takes care of itself. Yeah, absolutely. So you guys are spreading a lot, like, you know, word of mouth, uh, essentially, in the very beginning. And then that was kind of in combination with some of your ads and stuff that you guys are running as well. Yeah, well, also the other thing. So if you uh, if you take a look at someone like Mark Bell, right? So, sure. I mean, he puts out tons of free content himself. And so we always kind of thought, well, that's really interesting. Why, why can't we do that? We have no shortage of experts that can produce content. So, I mean, our YouTube channel is just like blowing up like crazy lately because we're just putting out so much free content. People are always like, wow, I can't believe you're putting this out for free, you know, which is great. So people are going to learn anyways. That's the beauty about internet and technology. Mm-hmm. People can learn anything they want nowadays, basically. But, you know, usually it's just, uh, it's kind of like a, a nice gesture and people learn and they're like, wow, like these guys are really doing something to help. Like I'm going to, I want to figure out some way to support them back. And, and so they do, or, you know, they'll bring more friends in and be, Hey, like you got to check this out. Like, I can't believe some of this stuff is free, you know, because some of it we did have behind like a paid membership site before, but you know, it's like, why not just get this out there and help as many people as we possibly can. And that, that whole idea seemed to work really well. For us. Sure. And, and I'm assuming that eventually led you guys to like writing the RP book. And I, I can remember like when the RPE book came out, uh, almost every coach that I knew who did any sort of like nutrition work with anybody, you know, and I, I come primarily uh, from the CrossFit space. I own a CrossFit affiliate that's kind of transferred into, you know, more of a training facility. And um, what's been cool is like, I can remember when that book came out, it was just, uh, everybody had the book printed as far as all my coaches, all my staff with, you know, they would carry it around. It was like the, um, the nutrition Bible for us. What led you guys to, and, and I remember like a lot of us printed it off of Chad Wesleyan's site and stuff like that. What led you guys to put that out? And, and what was the, you know, there's a lot of information in that book and there's a lot of, you know, scientific uh, citations and stuff like that. I'm sure that took a bunch of time. Like number one, how did that come to be? And what was that whole entire process? So, you know, it's taking stuff because, you know, it's funny when I watch, when I listen to you and Dr. Israel talk, like there's uh you, there, there's a vast quantity of knowledge that is in y'all's brains. And, and I can think of myself when I go to write or I go to post or do a video or a podcast, it's hard to often articulate these things that you think about, whether it's training or nutrition and all that stuff. So number one, um, how, you know, how was that undertaking of creating a book like that? And um, what was it like kind of articulating a vast quantity of knowledge between you and Dr. Isertel into that book? Yeah, so that book came out in October of 2014. Sure. So a long time ago. And it really was sort of, again, you know, Dr. Mike has this background and, you know, a lot of our coaches have PhDs. It was like, well, let's sort of take everything that we do and let's put it into a fairly simple and easy to understand format that people can, you know, because there's so much information and misinformation out there on nutrition. Uh, you know, loads and loads of it. Sure. Like, hey, let's just kind of sort through everything for people. And so that way they have this go-to that, and again, the first one that came out, it was a quick read. You could read that in a couple hours. Not, mm-hmm. Just very simple and straightforward, like not super, super complicated. Um, in terms of the actual writing, that was all Dr. Mike. I mean, he's got, he's got a really good talent for being able to take what can be complex things and break them down into simple and easy to understand formats. And so that's why I think that book did really well. And when that came out, it was like this light bulb in our head that goes, wow, you know, a couple thousand people bought this. 
we were just shocked. We were like, this, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Can't believe this. So we're like, huh, well, that's really interesting. Well, I wonder if we could do something similar with like our coaching philosophy. And so I was like, like think about a way to do this. And he's like, okay, I'll, I'll give it some thought. And that's when he came up with the original idea to the, of the diet templates. And he showed it to me and I'm like, well, let's give it a shot because in theory, you could do everything you wanted from the RP Diet 1.0 book. You could write your own diet. Sure. So it was almost like there was a little bit of hesitation. We're like, are we giving away all of our information? And it's just funny how it works. It's the exact opposite. It is the exact opposite. You, you, that information's out there. But at the end of the day, and I'm sure you know this too, people, yeah, people can do it themselves. But it, like, you know, I could go read books on uh, engines and, and do my own car work. I'm not sure. ever going to do that, though. It's just I don't have the time. I don't have the energy to, to, to devote to something like that. So I'm like, I'm more than willing to pay for someone that's an expert in the area to just kind of do it for me. And so that's when the diet templates really took off because it sort of took all that information in the book and it laid it out for people in an easy to understand format. And they're like, okay, well, I follow this. So if I'm not losing weight, I just go to this next phase. And so, you know, those started doing really well couple months after they came out, this is February 15, 2015, they came out a couple months later, then people start talking about them on social media. So again, what we talked about earlier, that little like, you know, small crowd of one-on-one clients that kept slowly expanding. Well, now we have this ability to scale it a little bit more and that pool just kept growing. And again, not everyone can afford one-on-one coaching, unfortunately. It would be great if everyone could, but that's just not a reality. Sure. But could people pay a hundred dollars for a template or now like 15 bucks a month for the app? You know, almost certainly because that's, you know, that's, that's the whole idea is like, let's take everything that we know and let's make it as easy and accessible to as many folks as we can. Cause that's really how you help the, the greatest number of people. It's, it's not, you know, we're charging higher quantities. It's usually again, like think about something like Amazon, right? Like they're or Walmart, I suppose. Those are the two kind of giants out there now. Over time, they usually reduce prices and you can get stuff for cheaper and it's easier and it's simpler and it's faster. And it's like, well, shoot, maybe we can do that with nutrition. Sure. And, you know, I can, uh, I had a template. My wife had a template. Tons of my coaches well, had a template. Thank you, yeah. by the way. Thank yeah, you. but it's, I, I'm just, it's cool to like hear the other side of that, right? Because um, number one, as a coach, like I, I'm a nutrition coach now, a lot of that came from the things that I learned from RP, obviously, and then went and got certifications and stuff. But uh, I, I guess the first question I want to ask you in line with that would be um, countless times when a nutrition coach works with somebody, there's like this like years and years of under eating. And I remember being in the RP like Facebook group and somebody's like, my maintenance phase is insane. I can't eat all this food. Like, um, you know, without taking people through like a reverse diet and stuff like that. How is handling, uh, like, I, I've always wanted to ask this, how is handling that whole entire conversation of somebody gets your template and they're like, you know, they haven't gone through the process with a coach of like working their way up. How, how do you guys, have you handled that mass quantity of emails and messages I'm sure you've gotten trying to explain to them like, yeah, you've got to do maintenance. I think the rule is like with the templates, like maintenance for two weeks or something like that. Um, and like each phase, I'm trying to remember like the fact doc that I had or whatever it was, but. I'm sure you guys were inundated with those questions. How did you get people kind of in the frame of mind of like, hey, you've got to do the, you know, the hard, the diet before the diet, if you will, uh, to get to that? Like, what did that conversation look like? And, and how did RP, 
uh, as a company handle it? Because I can think of all the coaches that we have now that do nutrition coaching within our businesses and that that has to be the number one conversation and the number one conversation to try to figure out to be the most efficient with it. So how did that look for you guys? Messy. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was great that we could reach more people, but we, we very quickly, quickly realized that we were being hit with the same exact questions mm-hmm. literally every single day. Like okay, well, let's you know make some videos on, on like why this is. Let's write some blog posts or you know articles on why this is. Um, the Facebook group is helpful. It's a double-edged sword, of course. Right, Facebook right. groups, you get giant groups of people together. What do they like to do? They like to argue about anything. So double-edged sword there, of for course. For sure, for sure. Uh, which which we see nowadays. Um, there's also so something really interesting with Facebook, especially, is there's this negativity bias that exists. So you could have, let's say, 100 people. 100 people love something, but two or three don't. Those two or three people are the ones that are going to be in there complaining very loudly, very vocally about something. Mm-hmm. And so it skews the perception of everyone else in the group that they're like, oh, wow, like maybe this isn't you know so good. So it's it's really interesting having to deal with that. And you know our approach is always to be very uh, very honest and upfront with people. Like recently we just had some app updates and um, it took a while for Apple to approve some of the stuff. And so like we had everything ready to go, but was really unfortunately out of our control. So we had to like make a big post in the Facebook group and be like, Hey, like we're very much on top of things. Like we're ready to go. We have the updates ready. Like everything is ready, but it's just setting in Apple's hands. And so, you know, that can be a little frustrating. And then of course, you know, the, the vocal people will get on there. Um, but again, it is something that you have to deal with with Facebook groups because you're going to have the, the people that uh, sort of the vocal minority that like to uh, point out problems. And that it's a very good thing to get feedback because that's how you improve and get better. So it is good, but that's that double-edged sword. So really the point with the Facebook group is there is some good, there is some bad, but usually people in the Facebook group will help others because they've been through it themselves. And so they see a question pop up and they're like, oh, hey, I know the answer to that. And so they kind of help you out. And so that's kind of how the group has evolved over time because now enough people have done the program where people ask questions. And again, all these things are like in the FAQs or whatever, but I'm sure you know this too. You know, people don't really like to read and look through all that. And I'm guilty of that myself, I suppose. Like if I get something new, whatever, if I have to assemble something myself, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'll just kind of go and I'll figure it out. So. You just have to plan and expect for that. And so the Facebook group, good and bad, but I think largely net good. Yeah. I, I remember um, when my wife and I got the templates years ago, we uh, like feverishly waited the email to get it back. You know, we go on the Juggernaut site, we purchase it. Uh, I believe it was still on the Juggernaut site. And then the um, email comes and, and at the time I used like Infusionsoft in my gym. So I was like, oh gosh, they use Infusionsoft. They're just like me. And then I get my stuff and um, my wife and I are sitting shoulder to shoulder and we're like going through our PDF and we're, we're reading the FAQ feverishly. And then we print the thing, we put it on the refrigerator and uh, it, it's funny to kind of hear the other side of that. And, and you're right. It is an unfortunate thing that with the Facebook group, because you know, the, the one or two people that are not happy with the product, they, uh, if they would just take a second to go on the RP social media channel and to see the hundreds, literally hundreds of like, and I'm sure there's more, I'm sure there's thousands, probably, you know, uh, you know, in the double digit thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people that have like changed, right? Like that's an intense thing that, you know, I think unfortunately people are missing. They're really missing the boat of like, like, sure. You're complaining about like, you got to do a reverse diet, but it obviously works. 
it obviously works to go through a maintenance phase and stuff like that too. Um, so the, the concept of the template, obviously I'm sure you guys got to a spot to where, you know, the one-on-one -on -one coaching wasn't scalable, right? And you had to go to the templates and stuff like that. Um, what, was that really the only pressure that you guys were feeling or were you trying to get it into the hands of more people? Cause ultimately that spreads the word of RP, right? Um, where did that kind of come about? Yeah, both. It was really when we saw that the the ebook did so well, mm -hmm. we were like, "Wow, this 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 has some cool potential." And we didn't really know when it first came out with the time. So we're like, "Hey, like, I don't know, maybe this will reach a few hundred thousand people. Like, that would be really really cool." And then they just started to grow and snowball from there because it just it made something fairly simple and straightforward more accessible to more people, so more people could get results, and then. You know, they get results. They're going to tell their friends about it. And so that's really what it was. And then it was just evolving over time. Like we came out with the first ones. We saw all the feedback on the Facebook group or, you know, customer support channels. And then we updated them, made them a little bit better the next year. Um, again, did the same thing in 2017. Came out with the templates 3.0. Finally made them into PDFs. Uh, funny enough, you know, you mentioned you printed them out, put them on your fridge. That's awesome. I, mean, I did the same. My wife did the same. Sure. Like that's how we did it too. Uh, but the, you know, people complain. They're like, I can't print these. And it's like, okay, well, need some. Again, I'm not the most you know tech savvy, whatever, when it comes to printing stuff in Excel. But I was like, okay, well. So we started. We had to come up with like directions on how to do it, and then even still, people couldn't do it because maybe they had a Mac or whatever, whatever. So again, it's like you solve one problem and then you have two, three more problems that pop up. You solve those and then, you know, it's always like kind of playing whack-a-mole, yeah. um, which now is even more interesting with software development in the app. So again, we went from like templates 1.0 to 2.0 to 3.0 into the app. And the app is kind of this own organism, basically. It's like a, it's like a living person that's always evolving. And, you know, it's not just something you can set out there and just let it go. It's like, no, you got to stay on top of it. Like we have... You know, full team of software engineers that, that do that um, and basically around the clock. So it's like, especially, especially with that, you fix something and a couple other things pop up there, you know, you make an update and that causes a couple new things. And so again, you just have to worry about that. And, you know, again, the, the good and the bad of the Facebook group is, you know, people uh, will, will let you know very, very quickly uh, if, if something they, they think is not quite right, even if it is. So again, it's just, it's just a little bit of a battle you have to kind of always watch and be aware of. Yeah. Have you ever read the book, The E-Myth? I'm sure you have with uh, Michael sure. Gerber. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm Michael going, Gerber, yeah. yeah, I'm going through that right now. And what you're talking about kind of reminds me of, you know, with growth within my own business, my own coaching practice, you know, as the entrepreneur, you're being the visionary, you're making the things. And, um, it often is like not good or not the best it could be when it first comes out. And you're right. You're like trying to put out these little fires of like, you implement this new process and then you find out all these holes in it and then you try to correct it. And then that opens up another hole here. And then there's this constant, you know, jockeying from thing to thing. And I think oftentimes people on the other side of that kind of forget about that. They, they often, you know, especially like you, you guys have created so much success and so much, so many other things and, you know, from one-on-one -on -one coaching to eBooks, to all these digital products into um, now software. Like I'm sure for you, even saying like, we have a software team, that probably is a pretty intense conversation, I would assume. Right. Um, uh, so before very, we get very, intense. sure, sure. Uh, so before we get into the software conversation, um, I, I want to make sure that we touch on because uh, 
my wife and I also, uh, we guys, man, we probably consumed so many of your products along the years and it taught us so many things. Thank you. But you guys went from, you know, diet templates into, you know, you had uh, hypertrophy for powerlifting and then eventually physique templates and, and all these different things. What was it like? Because uh, initially you guys were primarily nutrition, correct? And then you eventually went into training. Um, why that pivot? Was it just like, hey, we have the information and we want to get it out? Or did you see a hole in the market? Like, what did that look like for you guys? As soon as we came out with the diet templates and put people in the Facebook group, what was the very next thing they were asking about? Hey, this is great. Do you have something like this for training? And we're like, okay, well. Let's well, make it. Yeah, I, th I think so. Like, yeah, I think we can make something like it. And, you know, so we came out with the, the training templates and they're just in Excel. And, you know, they're, it's, they're pretty cool. You can sort of rate things and it'll adjust stuff on the fly for you. Um, and those have been updated and, you know, those will probably make its way in, into an app as well over time. It's just a long process, a long, slow process. Anyone that knows anything about software will relay that same story. Um, it's just really funny being on like the consumer side. It's very easy to just say, I want this and I want this and I want these five, 10 things and I want it all right now. And I get it. Yeah. I know instant gratification society, impulse society, but you know, on the flip side, you know, we have to be like, okay, well, you know, we can do all these things, but we have to prioritize which ones we want to do first, like which ones are a little bit more important, you know, which are like some major ones that we need to do and which are some kind of nice to have. And we have to plan all this stuff in the back end because, you know, we don't have infinite resources, uh, you know, time, uh, manpower, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like, yes, you know, we, we hear all this stuff and we want all the feedback and we will change and evolve and adapt and grow over time. Of course, we're always interested in that. But, you know, uh, some people just kind of don't see that or, or get it on the consumer side, like you said. Right. Uh, it just takes time, right? Like, um, a couple examples. How long did Gmail, it said Gmail beta for like years and years and years. Yeah, I people remember People are still using that. First iPhone that came out didn't even have a copy function. Couldn't even copy and paste, right? Like, things come out. It's a whole lean startup idea. Things come out. You know it's not perfect. But you need to get it out there. You need to test. You need to get feedback. Then you iterate. You get it back out there. You test and you get feedback. Iterate. You keep doing that. Keep doing that. Keep doing that. Months, years. It's just like training. It is just like training. Sure. Do you get better overnight in the gym? No. Do you get better overnight in business? Probably not. Can you get a little bit better in a couple months, three months, six months, 12 months from now? Absolutely. And that's always the goal. As long as I have anything to do with RP, that will always be our goal. That is what we do. It's always trying to get better, always trying to improve. Sure. I love that too. Cause you know, as I've grown like my social media and got a lot into podcasting and stuff like that, you know, obviously coaches reach out to you and I'm sure you get endless amounts of questions about, you know, fitness entrepreneurship and growing a business and stuff like that. And, you know, the, the common thing is like, you know, what's your best advice? What's the best thing you could do? And it always goes back to like, just fail as fast as you can. And, and then I always reframe that. Like, you're going to fail over and over and over again. You have to just accept it. And at first, but you mm -hmm. know, for, for, for me coming up initially, um, a lot, like you said, you're just like, Hey, I just want to get better. And there was like this guilt attached to like, why didn't I know that wasn't going to be good? Why didn't I know that wasn't going to come out that way? But not a fortune teller. I can't see into the future. I'm just taking, you know, my, my current abilities and my current expertises, uh, and I'm turning them into something. And then I'm learning if it doesn't work and then moving on from that. So, mm -hmm. For you guys, like, okay, so we're walking, we did uh, 101, you guys went into templates, training templates, more books and stuff, and it just 
constant and never ending information from you guys, which, you know, us coaches out there have always appreciated. And then into the app, was there a specific thing where you're like, Hey, we got to take this to an app platform that kind of moved you into that? Or just, did it just kind of happen organically? Did you have clients asking you about it? And, uh, and I want to read before we, before you answer that question, um, uh, while this, before this gets out of my mind is that, um, there, there's also not a lot of apps doing what you guys are doing in the first place. Right. So I think people are forgetting that too. Right. Like it, it, there, there's not like there's a blueprint for you guys to follow. You guys are kind of like making it as you go, I'm assuming. Right. So there's that. So I want to make sure that listeners are hearing this and going through your app. There's not hundreds of apps for RP to go and like, hey, let's do just like them. It's more like, hey, we got to make up this new process. Right. Um, so I just wanted to throw that in. But moving into the app, where did that come about? All those things you mentioned. Right. People, people asking about it. And it's like, man, we started the app in 2016. We started it then. Yeah. It didn't, we didn't even have a beta version until the very end of 2018. Wow. So two years. years. It took multiple years, hmm. multiple years, many failures along the way. <laughs> uh, some of them I cannot even technically speak on uh, just to kind of go into that whole process a little bit, but like sure. there's no app out there that does anything like this. You can get trackers, you can get trackers. Trackers are a dime a dozen, dime a dozen. You can pull one up, you can just list in whatever you eat. It does not have any parameters. You could eat 10 million grams of carbohydrates or whatever, and it's gonna be like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay, that's fine. That's very good for a lot of people. It's a, it's a heck of a start. But it's like the complexity within our app, like in the back end of it, to be honest, there's a lot of stuff that goes over my head. And, you know, we've got software developers, we've got Dr. Mike, we've got data scientists, like all into this, you know, always testing, getting feedback on stuff. And it's a very, very complex process. And that was before we even had the ability to do night shift stuff, which now makes it sort of more, much more powerful. You can block off busy periods. If you don't want meals, you can add in naps. You can add in any crazy training schedule that you can think of. If you're a doctor, paramedic, first responder, LEO, military, et cetera, et cetera. You can do all this stuff now. And it's just like this like endless complexity. So it is, it is really tricky. Uh, it's a lot more complicated than people think. And you wouldn't think like, oh, you know, diet app, that's easy. And then like you start thinking about it and it's just like, boy, there are, think about how you coach somebody personally. Think about all the different factors that go into that, right? In each person with their each different schedule and their different goals and all that, everything is a little bit different. You need, you know, all this information. And then some things are going to change based on how they it's like, boy, that's a really complicated process, right? Just AI design just takes a really long time. And but the cool thing is the more and more you use it, the better it'll get, the more it'll pick up on yourself. And you know, you'll be much better off in the long run. And that's unfortunate too. People don't understand the you know, whether it is coaching or, you know, program design or making nutrition protocols or an app, they, you know, they go to the app store and they type in their password and, and, you know, download and then install and then open, right? That's really it. There's, there's a complete missing piece of like the whole back end. Um, you guys should do like a documentary of like the entire process. I'm sure there's like videos and photos of you guys, like with your heads in your hands, frustrated, trying to get it out the right way and stuff like that. Um, that'd be cool to kind of, so, yeah. So real quick, when, yeah. <clears throat> when we did our last update, we had a couple of our engineers that straight up pulled 24 hour shifts. Wow. A couple of them, like 
everything was planned in advance. They sort of knew it. And had we not run into some hiccups with Apple, it all would have been very, very smooth. But again, sometimes things are just out of your control. And you know, you just gotta you gotta roll with them. You gotta you gotta deal with them as they come up. And this seems to be the common theme in uh, software development. So it's like, you know, I was a waiter in college, mm-hmm. and so you know, if you ever go out to a restaurant and food doesn't come as fast as you'd like, or it's really busy, it's very easy to get frustrated and sort of demand. You know, think like, oh, I deserve better because I'm here. And it's like, okay, well, I've been through that. I've seen all of that. I know what's going on back there. Like, I'm gonna cut them some slack. I get it. Right. So again, like as you go through stuff, as you coach people yourself, that you know, like you have, you just kind of get it. You're just, you're just not as, um, I don't know. You just, you, you understand both sides of it. And I guess that's where it comes from. You probably have a little bit more empathy, like, okay. You know, cause we'll see that in our Facebook group, you know, people are like, Oh, Hey, I work in software development too. Like you guys are actually doing a very good job. Thank you for being so honest and upfront with, sure. with all the updates and things like that. And I, you know, I think people appreciate that. Uh, Again, it's just so easy because we're an impulse society. It's just like we should have what we want like in our hands and it should never break. It should, you know, nothing should ever go wrong. It's like, okay, well, you have that mindset. You might, might not be super realistic around it because things are going to happen and, you know, just have patience and you know, kind of trust that people that are doing it have every incentive in the world to make sure that uh, you have a very good experience. Sure, sure. So uh, we've pretty much used every product, <clears throat> my wife and I and a lot of my coaches, from RP, but regrettably, I haven't really gotten into the app too much. Could you explain to, you know, both even myself and the listeners here, like, what does the app do? What's kind of the, obviously, the back-end process is extremely complicated, and I would never put that on you to try to explain that, even though I'm sure you could explain it at at least a decent I, level. For I don't people. think I can. That's okay. the thing. I don't think that I can, right? Like, that's why right. we have a bunch of really smart people. Right. So what does the app go through? I mean, do you, do people log in, they download it, it's a monthly subscription, you know, it gives them calories and macros, breaks down the meal. Like, what does that look like for people? It does everything that the templates did times like a million. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, uh, you're going to plug in all of your own personal information. You're going to set your goals. You're going to say, Hey, you know, I want to lose 10 pounds in 10 weeks. Uh, and then it's going to tell you, you can sort of choose like how many meals you want per day. And it's going to lay out you know, how much food you should eat at every meal. And then with the templates, you like had to do all this macro math yourself and you're like, okay, well, I need like 30 grams of protein. How much chicken is that? People are like, I have no idea. And they'd have to go like look it up online and stuff. Well, now with the app, you just you punch in like, hey, I want chicken. And the app auto calculates everything for you. And it's like, oh, hey, you need five ounces of chicken. You're like, okay, great. Awesome. That's easy. You can do that with every single meal. You weigh in a couple times a week. Again, it sort of charts your progress. It tells you like where you should be and then it'll track your progress. And then each week it's going to give you a recommendation like, hey, you're on track. Just keep doing what you're doing. Like, okay, cool. Boom. Let's do it. Or if you get behind schedule, it's going to be like, hey, we think you should actually um, update your nutrients. So you actually probably need a slight reduction. And then you can choose uh, essentially small, medium or large updates. So if you don't want a huge update, you know, you don't want to lose a bunch of calories. You can actually go, okay, I just want a small one. And then you can preview what that's going to look like for the next week. So, you know, ahead of time mm-hmm. and it, it, it'll do it for you. And then it, you know, calculates everything for you again. And it just, it, again, it's, it's like the templates, but just infinitely better. That's awesome too. And, and, you know, on the coaching stand, stand, uh, you know, side of the house, you're thinking of like, you know, when you're looking at a client, like what type of adjustment you should make for them and, you know, when is the right time? It's interesting to hear that there's like an algorithm 
it almost makes you a little fearful like oh man i gotta make sure that i'm on my game so that i don't get replaced by an app um but nonetheless like it, it kind of helps both sides right because there are people that aren't going to come and pay 200 plus dollars like you said for you know a coach right and those who want that go get that but this gives an opportunity for those people who don't want to or don't have the means to to get the coaching to to for you guys to scale and to be able to get something better in their hands because i mean just like you said before there's endless quantities of terrible information out there about different diets and you know fasting pro and just it just gets uh, it's just mind-numbing to think of the stuff out there so it's pretty cool to see that that is scalable um so for you guys coming into this you know coming into the nutrition side of the house and you guys take a very evidence slash like science-based approach that is I found that over the years, that was a difficult thing to break into, right? Because people are, like you said, are an impulse society. They want that thing right now, right? You know, right then and there. Same thing when it comes to training and dieting and stuff like that too. How have you guys managed to break through that noise? And really, like, I can't think of a better way to say it, but like you guys have made evidence-based and science-based nutrition and training like sexy. Like people get excited about it. Like how did you guys like break through that? and to bring it to the forefront. Cause I would say RP and you know, there's uh, other companies out there as well that have like helped to, to make it. So some of us coaches who are coming along with the same thought and the same mindset and the same approach, it's really helped us because you guys have kind of blazed the trail, right? So um, how was it kind of blazing that trail per se and getting that going? Yeah, it took uh, again, like it took a lot of social proof. So being able to prove that, Hey, this method, at the end of the day, what people want is results. Sure. That's what they want. So we presented in a way that, hey, if you want results, come to us. We're going to get you results. And then people are like, because that's what people want. That's what people see. That kind of draws them in and gets their interest. Like, okay, I see. I get it. Yeah, I want to look like that person looks. I go, okay, like, tell me more. Okay, well, you just start and you use this template and, you know, and they go, oh, okay, I can do that. And then they go get it. And then it's like, okay, well, they got to figure it out. And, you know, now it's a little bit easier with the app because it does everything for people. Sure. But again, it's like just kind of getting them in the door because they are inundated with fads and gimmicks and quick fixes and all this stuff. And we see people like that all the time where they've like, they've tried every single thing out there and they're just really frustrated and tired. And they're just like, okay, well, okay, I'll try this. I'll try this RP thing. And then, you know, we don't have any, we don't promise. We don't have any secrets. Like we don't have, Hey, you do this and you'll get instant results. It's like, no, we have a simple, easy to follow plan. You got to bring your work out. You got to be consistent. If you do that, you're going to get results. And so really that's what it was. It's like, we could take the time and we do, of course, you know, you can read our books and sort of learn everything behind it and, and watch all the videos and all that stuff. But the vast majority of people, they don't want that. They just like, okay, just tell me what to do. Right. Just like if I need, uh, you know, my car worked on, I just, I drive to the mechanic and I'm like, okay, do your thing. Mm-hmm. And they do it. Yeah. I don't really need to know everything that goes on. Like, I don't need to know all the inner workings of the engine. I'm like, no, like, just make it fix it. Just fix it. Just make it work better. So really that's what people want. It's like, you could take the time. And, and I'm sure you've seen this with one-on-one clients yourself. Sometimes you get people that want to know everything they can about it. And you're like, okay, cool. Like I'll explain it. Or, you know, Hey, I'll send you some articles. You can read more or hear some videos. But the vast majority of people that you work with, they're like, okay, yeah, 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 that's great. But just tell me what to do. Like, just give me the plan to execute and I'll go do it. And that's really what we try to do. Just get people in the door. Again, you can't sort of throw so much information at them that they get bombarded and overloaded. It's like, okay, we'll just save some of that stuff. Maybe have it in the back if they want it. It's always there if, if they need. But just give people the plan to execute. That's what they really want to do. 
Sure. Now, with the apps and the templates and stuff like that, I'm assuming you guys still do offer like one-on-one coaching with clients yeah. and stuff like mm-hmm. that too, right? Um, so this is something I'm really curious about. And, I, and I'm sure any other, you know, fitness business owner listening to this or coach who's looking to scale their business, right? There comes a point where you have to bring on team members, right? There comes a point where you have to hire coaches. I know that actually one of my coaches had worked with somebody. So I'm based out of Washington State. And um, she worked with somebody that I believe was on the east side that was like a bobsledder or something like that. And he was a Alex coach. Harrison. Yeah, yeah. So he was a coach for... Um, he lives in Washington. Yeah, yeah. So he was a, a coach for RP. And um, what I can think about is like, what is the process to be an RP coach, right? Like, how do you, what do you guys look for? Because there's tons of PhDs on your team. There's people that are very high level scientists and stuff like that. Like for you and, 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 you know, Dr. Mike going and scaling this thing, was there like a requirement or a process to bring on new team members or to bring on new coaches? Yeah. So Dr. Mike was uh, doing his PhD at East Tennessee state, probably the top place in the U S if you're interested in sport physiology. So he was already surrounded by a bunch of people. So probably five, six, seven, eight of our coaches are all from there. And he taught at temple. He taught at uh, central Missouri. Uh, we have a couple of coaches that were from central Missouri. Actually, we don't have any other coaches from template temple, but uh, it's sort of, you know, those people know other people like that. And it was, again, kind of that referral process mm-hmm. for the most part. It's like, hey, if we need a new coach, like, and again, you know, we'll get people that reach out to us every now and again. And so typically it's like, do you have a PhD in you know, some sport-related field or nutrition field? Or do you have your master's and you're a registered dietitian? Because being a registered dietitian is really important nowadays. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of cool to hear too, because it, it you know, there, there could be people listening to this. They're like, I'd love to work for RP. So it's kind of nice to, to, I'm sure, to hear the requirements and stuff like that. Um, so for the coaches listening to this, for the coaches looking to, you know, grow their businesses, you, like you guys have at this point been there, done that, been running businesses for years. Um, you know, what are some things that you could tell that person that's, you know, the up and coming? Because I get these questions. This is actually one that I got from Instagram is like, best advice for a nutrition coach to build a sustainable business, right? You guys are very sustainable at this point. I mean, what are you, we're at 10 years, almost 15 years or something like that. You guys have been at it. I would say RP officially started in like August of 2012, I believe. 2012. Exactly. So, so eight going on nine years, right? That's like, that's at this point, you guys are very sustainable and you're doing amazing, right? Like, so what is sir, what are some things you could tell that up and coming coach um, that's listening to this, that's really looking to get some good takeaways and something to kind of charge forward to? Think long-term. Awesome. So you're talking like processes, you know, game, like, you know, the end of the, the end of the road where you're trying to go, the whole thing. So what I mean by that is it's so easy, especially nowadays with social media, you see all these people claiming to be, you know, these amazing business coaches and all this stuff. It's just like kind of nutrition coaching, right? Because there's a lot of people out there that'll say some, some crazy stuff sure. and because people want instant results. That's really what it comes back to. And so you have to go in with the approach that you're not going to be an overnight success. You have to just put in the work. You have to be very consistent. Uh, make sure you have a good product. Right. That's sort of number one. Make sure you have good customer service. You treat people well. How many times have you heard? Uh, I, I mean, I heard this all the time when we first got started and, you know, more like the bodybuilding circles. I don't know. Hopefully it's not as, I mean, I'm sure it is a little bit, but you would just hear people that they would pay for a coach and they would email them and they would reach out and just nobody would respond. Right. It's like, what? We, we responded to everybody. We responded to everybody. 
you know, Facebook group, the emails, customer support. I mean, my wife was running customer support for the longest time for the first couple of years of RP, you know, like 2015, 2016, when things were really starting to, to take off. And it's like, we did not go to bed until every single email was answered. It was just a rule. It's just what we did. We did that for months and years on end. And again, it just helps solidify that reputation. So you just have to have a good product, good customer service, and just be consistent and just think long-term. I'm pretty sure she answered a question um, with the template that I had one time, which is pretty cool to hear that, obviously, the other side of it. And you're right. Like, I do remember seeing either you or Dr. Isatel answering almost every post for a question. And it was, it's funny because it was usually all along the lines of like, should I use the the light, the moderate or the hard template? And, you know, most of the time you guys, you know, this is what hard is. And then you would have this blurb and then it would be like, this is when you should do light. And it was just this, like you said before, this constantly, like you clearly didn't read the FAQ. You're not following it and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty interesting yeah. to hear that. Uh, and, you know, as far as um, what you said about like, you know, thinking long-term and having a good product and stuff like that, it kind of reminds me, I'm sure you're familiar with John Berardi and, you know, something he said at a seminar I was at with him was like, you know, the to be successful in business, the first thing you need to do is like, get really good at your doing, like, you know, earn your craft, get, make a great service, a great product, whatever it may be, and then go tell everybody about it. Right. Whereas I think, and, and I'm curious if you agree with me on this too, is like, oftentimes it's actually the other way around. It's like people start telling everybody about what they're doing instead of like actually just doing the thing. Um, mm -hmm. Do you, how do you feel about that whole thing too? I think that's pretty spot on because again, there are a lot of people out there that will try to convince you that it is all about marketing. And marketing is very, very important. Don't sure. get me wrong. Sure. Uh, you know, especially to try to get more like the, the general population. But at the end of the day, if you don't have something that's good, it doesn't matter how much marketing you have because then people are going to get it. And then what happens? People get it once and then they're done. And it's like, you got no chance because they're not coming back. They're not going to tell other people about it. It's like, you would be better off to just start a little bit slower do a good job, make sure that foundation is rock solid, right? That's the most important part. Then you can grow from there. Because if you try selling something that just isn't good, that's thinking short-term. You, you fall to the allures that you want to, you know, quote unquote, get rich quick, and you don't have that great of a product, and you just want to try to market it to as many people as you can. And that's like, you're, it's not going to work. You're, it's going to hit the end of the road at some point, and you're just not thinking long-term. Yeah. And I, I like that. And I, and I hope that, you know, those of you who are listening to the show right now and you're, you know, you're hearing what, um, you know, Nick's talking about here is that the, you're, you're going to fail, you're going to mess up, you're going to get things wrong. You're going to be challenged by those around you. You're going to have people that are telling you you're not doing a good job. But if you, if you focus primarily on just like, um, doing the best you can with, you know, where you at, where you're at currently, uh, and then you know, it's funny because my first business mentor, he was like, hey, man, like I hear you're getting ready to start a gym. Um, can I offer you some advice? And I was like, absolutely. And he was like, first rule of business, don't be a dick. And I was like, and it's funny because now when, when people ask me, like, you know, because they, they only see for us, like we have a, a fairly large gym and we've done really well, even through the COVID shutdown. And um, we just kind of blended into jujitsu. And I'm going to ask you about jujitsu, too, because I've seen that you train oh, as well. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. So, uh, we, we have a school here too, and we've, we've taken the same process we've done in the fitness side and moved over there. And it's easy for people to see like, you know, what we've created and they're like, you know, like, how'd you do it? And I was like, I wasn't a dick. I just was really good to people. I treated people with respect. Uh, I wasn't a snake. I, I did the best I could with the information that I had. And 
failed a lot. And the and I would say the biggest thing that helped me was getting, like you said, really clear on where I was going. Um, and then for me, I also had to attach a purpose to it. Like it's easy to chase the thing, right? To go chase the the success and the, you know, the notoriety and the affirmations from everybody in the world. But really it's like, there's, there's an internal thing that you're, you're trying to accomplish. So, um, somebody reached out to me literally just yesterday and they're like, what's your, you know, what would you say to a coach who's, who's getting started? What are my first steps? And I was like, figure out why you're doing it. Right. And then think about and really map out, like, what do you want it to look like? Because ultimately, if not, what are we doing? We're just kind of going in circles. We don't have a direction we're heading in. Right. Um, yeah, perfect. Your hierarchy, right. Is that, is that the, the new book? You, yeah. You just know, like you've, I mean, we've already hit on, I would say almost every single one of these. Oh, so cool. it's just funny. Yeah. Cause you mentioned like failure and purpose and I'm just sitting here almost laughing. I'm like, yep. Yep. Nice. Nice. Uh, so before we move on, uh, I do want to get into jujitsu cause I know you and Dr. Israel and I can only think totally. I, you guys are massive and jacked. I can't imagine like being under you. I, I'm a purple belt and I can't imagine like being under one of you guys. It's probably the worst experience ever. But, um, before we do like Nick, now you're an author, like talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 2020, it's been rough for everybody. Sure. And, you know, again, my wife had some health issues that, uh, that happened all before the COVID stuff even hit. And then it was sort of complicated by that. And we had two small kids and like they're being homeschooled. And so all of a sudden there's just all this stuff thrown at us. And, uh, it really, I wasn't going anywhere for a few months and I had all these ideas in my head as, you know, I kind of been fascinated by, uh, again, from working with top athletes and, you know, reading a lot and just, you know, dealing with personal adversity as well. I was like, all these common themes that make people successful, whether it's business, whether it's sports, fitness, dealing with adversity, illness, all that. There's all these common themes that emerge, right? There's sort of these habits of success that people do. And I was like, I think I'm onto something. And I showed it to some people and they were like, hey, like this, this sounds pretty good. And it's just funny because you've already hit on some of them when we were talking. One of the chapters in the book is on failure. Another is on purpose and meaning. So there's seven habits. Again, it starts with hard work. You can't get around that. Beyond that, it's internal locus of control. You got to focus on the things that you control, you have power over, right? If you, if you let external factors control what you do, you're just not going to be successful. Sure. Probably no real way around it. You know, number three is having a positive mindset, right? Especially in business. Like you just have to be pretty optimistic that you can do it. You have to have that self-belief because that's going to get you started. Because so many people are afraid of failure, but it's like, you've already said it, you've already nailed it. You're going to fail along the way. So if you know that going in, it's just, well, how do you deal with failure? You learn from it, you grow from it, you get better. So again, and then you got to be disciplined. Discipline goes into delayed gratification. We already talked about that. You have to be able to think long-term because if you're only concerned with the short-term, you're just not going to make the right decisions. You're going to make the wrong decisions and you're going to be out of the game, before, you know, shorter rather than later. Sure. So again, so a positive mindset, discipline, and that goes into purpose and meaning and then failure. And then the top, you know, you can't just go, 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 go 24 seven. Like you have to be able to kind of step back and recharge and focus on yourself and, you know, self-improvement goes into that, making sure, you know, you're not just running yourself ragged to the point where you burn out because that's a very real thing as well in business or in life, especially, sure. uh, especially with this year. But again, it just comes back to, I was just really highly motivated to write this book because I know it's going to help people. Right. And it doesn't matter, especially, I guess, in 2020 with so many people having to deal with personal failures and struggles and adversity and all that, like just read this, apply these principles the best you can. Simple, but it's not easy. That's the key thing. Right. Um, and if you just do it, I, I, I 
I want to say I think, but I know people will have positive outcomes if they read this. Sure. You know, and what I love about books and um, why I'm, I'm actually excited about your book is that I really view, and people often make fun of me. Uh, I do, I also do like an all men's podcast called the Men on the Rise Project. And um, I'm, I'm typically like the guy that'll be in a room with people and I'm like, have you ever read the book, blah, blah, blah. And I like offer them a book. But, but I really like view books and even podcasts. And, and I hope people who are listening to this are, can kind of agree with this is like sometimes a book or a podcast or, you know, um, audio anything where you're learning from another person, it's, it's a lot like time travel, right? Because, you know, here's yeah. Nick, you know, eight years removed, uh, well, not maybe that's a bad choice of words, but eight years later from starting a business, making hundreds of mistakes, um, probably having sleepless nights and, and, you know, stresses, kids, you know, all of the above. And he's now going to take all of his mistakes and write about them. And then, you know, those people listening to this show, myself included, will go and read them and be like, okay, I'm not going to do these hundred things. I'll probably make another hundred mistakes, but I'm, I'm going to at least try to mitigate the hundred mistakes or more that, you know, Nick may or may, uh, may or may not have made. And I just think that's a beautiful thing. The fact that, um, you know, and I'm trying to teach, I have a, I have three boys. I'm a, I probably like numb them out the amount of like personal development stuff that I try to talk and teach them about. And same. Uh, but, you, you know, you just want to get excited and get them excited about the how, you know, really like anything you want can be done or it can be learned about. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned the diet mm-hmm. stuff. You can read about it on Google and learn everything about dieting off of Google if you search the right things. But, you know, here, you know, you're writing this book. You're going to package all of this information. And you mean I can just read it? It's going to cost me 15 to 20 bucks and I'm going to time travel eight years. Like, that's a beautiful thing. And I can't, I can't imagine that anybody would get anything but that um, from your book when it comes out. I love reading, man. And again, it started a couple of years ago. I had a hernia surgery. I couldn't really train with weights for a while. And I just started walking and listening to audiobooks. And I was like, I can't believe I hadn't been doing this more. And I just got obsessed with it. And I started noticing all these themes that were emerging. And it just, it didn't matter the book. Like, it didn't matter the genre all these things interrelated and they kept being you know, just a lot of commonalities between successful people. So just really, I became obsessed with studying successful people. And again, you know, I've been fortunate enough to work with, you know, some of the top athletes in the world at RP and like all the stuff that they, you know, there a lot of, they have some quotes and stuff in the book too, and kind of draw on the principles, but uh, you know, it all, it's, it's all the same stuff. Like successful people are successful for a reason. It's because they tend to do a lot of the same things. Sure. Unsuccessful people are unsuccessful because they tend to do the opposite of a lot of these things. So it's funny. Um, what I really try to do is study successful people, but I also got sort of big into studying unsuccessful people. And that's always really interesting too, because you can, you know, and I have all these like charts and it's, you know, I have so many just notes all over the place, like in my phone and written down and scribbled on all sorts of stuff. But yeah, you know, I've probably crushed like a couple hundred books over the last couple of sure. years. And it's just, it's, it's like a hobby and it, I just love doing it. So it's like, I just want to take this stuff and hopefully be able to help a bunch of people out there. Yeah. And you know, something, it's always just a simple thing, you know, reading books and stuff like that. It, it sounds simple and, you know, you get this book and it's got 400 pages and people, from, maybe it's just me, like I'm a total completionist. Like I got to finish this book. I got to consume the whole thing um, and I need to do it as fast as possible so I can read another book and I get all excited about that. Right. But uh, I actually adopted this this whole principle from um, the book Slight Edge, right? And something he talks about in the book is like just reading 10 pages a day. And I've probably done at a minimum 10 pages a day, obviously missing days here and there, but for the most part, sticking to that. 
maybe the past five years. And it's cool because like I, now you, you look at like our library at the house and you know, there's a new book showing up. The wife's like, you really need another book? And I'm like, can never learn enough. And I get all excited about it. But um, just that alone, just 10 pages a day, most books, what, 250 to 300 pages, give or take, you read a new book every month. It's 12 books in a year, you know, 12 books a year for three years. Now you've read 36 new books. There's 36 new idea or thought processes you can get. I mean, um, it's just, it's endless. And I would say that I have, it, it, maybe I'm tooting my own horn here, but like a college level education in, in the streets per se, just based off yeah. of books that I read, right? And I just think it's a beautiful thing. Um, so for you, like when's your, when's your book due to hit the, you know, the stores? This, this will come out, uh, like I said, next Tuesday. So the date today is what? The, the 6th tenth. of, uh, the 6th of uh, well, November. Yeah, um, it, it'll, it'll come out on the 10th, so actually the same day as this podcast. Nice. Um, it'll be pre-order. So if you're following RP Strength on Instagram, we'll have a post up on there. Um, if you're following myself on Instagram, nick.shaw.rp, I'll have a post up on there. But you can, you can get it on the RP uh, website for pre-order. Um, we'll have like a, a little like mini, mini habits journal along with it as nice. like a pre-order nice. bonus. Uh, it'll be a little bit cheaper for pre-order. I think it's like $19.95. And uh, it'll have like uh, access to a webinar that I'm going to do for anyone that gets the pre-order. And then um, it'll be on Amazon uh, November 17th. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I, I, you know, I was looking, talking the other day with my assistant and I was like, we need to get some, you know, like some gifts for the coaches. So uh, again, I'm a book guy. So I'll probably give my coaches, every one, every one of them, the book that you're coming out with. So I, I have one other thing that I want to say too. Sure. The book that you mentioned, The Slight Edge, might be one of my favorite books of all time. That's awesome. It was actually and, the first personal development book that I ever read. And okay, it just kind of, nice. it started the whole like reading and books thing for me. And then, you know, James Covey's book, uh, The Habits of Highly Affected People came after that. But sure. yeah. So my book's sort of modeled after that. So there's seven habits, right? Like, there's no coincidence. Covey's book is very important. Sure. Um, a couple, a couple, you know, very, very similar overlapping. Uh, sharpen the the axe is basically the the same idea as recharge. Like at the end of the day, you got to be able to recharge. Um, I read Slight Edge earlier this year, and I was already doing some of that stuff, but it just sort of reinforced the idea in my head. I was like, this this is the most simple and fundamental thing that a human being could do. This is how you become successful, and it's literally this easy. Mm-hmm. Like. That's all there is to it. But you have to be able to think long-term when you're doing that. Sure. And how hard is that to do? That's the really hard part. Yeah. Because you're constantly battling against yourself thinking, well, I'm accomplishing nothing today. Like I read 10 pages. I've actually, um, like I totally get it, man. Like I'm, I'm probably crushing like a book a week. And, you know, like they'll like that's impressive. something. That's impressive. A book a week. Well, that's awesome. I, I intentionally make time for it. That's the, I intentionally make time for it sort of above other priorities. Like I recently canceled cable. I got so tired of it, nice. especially now in 2020. I'm just like, no. Mind numbing. For sure. Um, but it's just so easy. And it's like, it's, it's simple, but not easy. It's simple, but not easy. Right. For the things. If you want to be successful, do the simple things. Uh, Jim Rohn, what did he say? It's like, it's easy to do, but it's easy not to do. How easy is it not to do these things? Incredibly easy. Sure. Oh, hey, I got such and such. Okay, well, I'm going to prioritize all these things and three years, five years, 10 years from now, like all these things are going to compound and you're at another level at that point. You know, the, the parable in the book, this, I, I wanted to ask you jujitsu questions, but I also want to respect your time too. Um, so oh, that's okay. And I'm yeah, happy to answer a couple yeah. of jujitsu questions. Okay. Uh, you would, you would crush me in jujitsu, by the way. Uh, I'm only a white belt. 
I haven't been able to train in like six months because of COVID and sure. stuff. Um, I train a little bit with my kids, but you know, being a white belt, you know, I can only teach my kids so much, right? That's true. They know like the same 20 moves, but hey, they're pretty damn good at those 20 right, moves. Right. It's cool to watch them go at it too, I'm assuming too, right? To see them train and you, you guys like throw the gi on and get after it too? Uh, so they're eight and six. Uh, you know, my son, he, he, he can do pretty well. Um, it's actually the, the coaches at, at our gym, uh, man, they're really phenomenal. Queen City Jiu-Jitsu here in Charlotte. Um, they they cleared out the gym basically, and they let uh, my kids come in and test because, like, they knew nice. that they had been working really hard behind the scenes. So they let them come in and test, and you know they pass with flying colors, of course. Um, so it was really cool of them. So that it was just like you know, in the middle of COVID, that's really something cool to have because it's like this goal that you can work towards. You know, I told them that, and they're like, "Hey, we got like a month, like." You know, you got to really know your stuff. Like, dude, we were doing it almost every single day. So again, it's like, you know, COVID hits, you have choices. Do you want to do, you know, focus on the bad or do you want to make some good out of it? And boy, I determined I was going to make some good out of it. And shoot, like this book came out of COVID. So hey, it's cheers awesome. to 2020, I guess. It, it seems like a lot of the, it, you, you're seeing this, mat, like I've been doing, yeah, I, I did mixed martial arts. That's actually how I made my way into CrossFit and found my way to RP and all that stuff. But I did mixed martial arts first and then I stopped doing that because I found I like strength and conditioning better and not getting punched in the face. And then I took like this little sabbatical from doing jujitsu. And then, then two years ago, I was like, you know what? I want to do jujitsu and I'm really busy. So I'm just going to open my own school. And then we rented this space next to us and did it. And, you know, now fast forward, I, I've been in, training again and, and kind of growing, but it's cool to see like a lot of the guys in the fitness industry that I, I like, I look to, um, and, and really, uh, learn from guys like yourself and, and, uh, Mike and Chad and all these guys. And now you guys are coming to jujitsu and I'm like, yes, like, okay, so I'm cool. Like I'm doing the things like all the other guys are doing. Um, what did the transition, like, where did that come from? Like when you're like, Hey, like I want to start doing, you know, jujitsu. 2019, I made a conscious effort to step outside of my comfort zone in cool. as many different areas as I could. And I had, have never wrestled. I've never been into grappling, none of that stuff. Like my son had been doing it just a little bit. Um, and, you know, that, that was cool. I just, I was like, this is just something I need to do. Just know some basic self-defense stuff, like just be able to teach my kids or whatever. And um, it's really like the ultimate um, parallel to life. You cannot have an ego in jujitsu because I've been beaten up by people much smaller than myself. Uh, I'm sure you've been there too. Oh, yeah. and, oh, yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, you know, if you're more advanced and been doing it for longer, you're going to basically crush anyone. And you know, it's just, uh, it's just been a really cool process. And it's just like anything else. You just got to show up and keep putting in the time and the work and you're consistent with it for, you know, months, years on end. Like that's how you get better. It's just like, fitness just like training just like life just like business sure and it's funny too you said you just you teaches you life lessons um that's something i literally tell our kids that are coming on the mat because you're right like it you know jujitsu is one of the only sports that now there's some exceptions there's some wrestlers that come in and they're studs and they do really well uh or guys that are strong and they do well uh for a period of time but there is this this point that you reach to where like you there's no instant anything you're going to put time in and you're not going to, there's no road to blue belt in two months. There's no road to black belt in two years like that. Uh, I can think of zero people that did that, that fast, right? There's this, this time and this patience that comes with it. And then like, there's nowhere to hide any sort of, you know, cloak that you hide behind or lies that you tell, whether, you know, um, you omit them or you just kind of keep them to yourself, like, or, uh, whether you tell them to the world, or you keep them to themselves, like they're going to come out on the mat. 
right? That you're, you're going to learn a lot about yourself and, and, you know, how you are up in your mind. So um, I love that you said that because it's something that kind of doubles down on things that we teach our kids. Um, and I actually said on uh, my, uh, my podcast, Men on the Rise, that like, um, I believe jujitsu is like the perfect sport for a man to learn about himself and to learn lessons. So um, that's pretty cool to hear that from you. Um, so Nick, man, I, 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 I want to respect your time. We're a couple of minutes over here and, and I'm, I don't even know if I'm sure you have more interviews to do and, uh, probably need to go promote that book and I will get that in the show notes from you. Um, so please plug yourself. Where can people, uh, learn more about you, your company, your book? Um, where do they go? I would say follow RP strength on Instagram. That's probably the best spot. It's probably where most people have heard about RP. Uh, myself, Instagram, uh, nick.shaw.rp, and the book is called Fit for Success. It's going to be, again, pre-order on uh, November 10th, which is actually, I think, today that the, the podcast will drop. So I think it's okay if I use that that phrase. Perfect. Um, but yeah, it's Fit for Success. Um, it's pretty cool. It's, you know, it's only like 150 pages. So it's going to be, if you had a flight coming up for you know a couple hours, perfect thing to read on there. And you know, at the end of the day, been able to help a lot of people through RP, which is really awesome. Uh, it's, you know, more fitness related. I think this takes one more step outside of fitness and can help people in business and, uh, you know, just overcoming adversity in life. And it's just sort of another good way to help people. That's awesome. And, and guys, we're going to get all this stuff into the show notes. And uh, again, like I 100% think you guys should go out and get the book. Uh, I know that I will get probably several copies and I have a question for you off the the recording here, but um, I know that I'll go get several copies. I can think of no better person to go and time travel with for the past eight years. So um, Nick, man, I appreciate you, you so coming much, on the man. show today, dude. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today and tuning into the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. I release episodes every single week. You can find me at Coach Cody Smith in the gym at Virtuous Fitness WA on Instagram to stay up to date with all things Virtuous Fitness. Before you go, head over to iTunes and give this show a rating review. That is how we grow this show and make it even more impactful for you. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode.